Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Traction.gg podcast where we talk about racing games, racing esports and sim racing. I'm Tom and today we are joined by Lee Mather, Senior Creative Director at EA Sports Codemasters Birmingham, the developers of the yearly Formula One video games. Following the launch of F123, I thought it was a great idea to speak to him about some of the big new features like F1 World and Red Flags and the return of Breaking Point, but also some of the other smaller, lesser mentioned topics, such as are they working on anti-cheat measures or will classic cars ever return in the future? And how important is driver career and my team to the future of the franchise following limited changes this time around? Anyway, there's a lot to get through. Like I say, we're talking about the big glossy new features, which are fantastic, like the new vehicle handling, but also some of the smaller details as well. Let us know on the comments on the website or on YouTube if you're watching there. Uh, if you've got any other further questions about F123 and what your thoughts are of the game so far, for those listening on Spotify and Apple, uh, please leave your feedback through a review or the Spotify feedback service. But for now, we'll leave you to the interview. Thank you very much. So, uh, Lee, pleasure to speak to you. I know we were supposed to meet in person at the Goodwood Festival of Speed, but here we are on Zoom anyway. That'll have to suffice for now. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good. And uh, looking forward to talk all things Formula One gaming, if that's okay. Always, always good. Yeah. Um, actually, just before we dip into F123, which will be, guess, be the focus, um, I was doing you know, a little digging around. And I reckon you've been at Codemasters for, what, 15 years or thereabouts? And you've been working on the Formula One project for that long, so there's no one better to ask about them. But uh, now you're Senior Creative Director. How did you rise through the ranks? Oh, so I moved on to the Formula One team in 2008 um, in a design capacity as, a, as an entry-level designer. And then I've just worked on F1 ever since and it's just been the opportunities that have come along Codemasters was a great company for that sort of thing and EA equally as much you know they're, they're very much about retaining the people retaining the staff and the talent and and I've just been very lucky that it's it's the, the perfect match for me when I was at school my my goals in life were to either work with computers or to work with cars and I got both right win-win <laughs> I know a dream job and you've been uh, working by the sound of things in on every F1 game that Codemasters has produced in some capacity. And uh, obviously we're talking now, uh, ooh, just over a month or so since F123 was launched. How's the reception been to the latest one so far? Uh, it's been superb. It's been absolutely superb. I mean, we obviously follow all of the, the review scores every year, of course, uh, but we also take a lot of you know, feedback through the community channels that we have as well. And one of the things that we like to look at is that the Steam reviews, we always find the Steam reviews are some of the most um, accurate barometer for, for how mm. the community are enjoying the game. And, and they're incredibly strong this year. And then considering the, the, the scale of some of the new features that we've added, the return of story, you know, the, there's a lot of good stuff in there that's really, really, it's hit the mark really strongly this year. That's good. Well, in my, my own opinion is uh, I really much prefer the way the cars drive, and that's the chief uh, thing that I look for. But we'll we'll touch upon some further details in a bit. But thank you very much for uh, working on that particular element. I would say also we mentioned right at the start we were supposed to be chatting at Goodwood, and we were going to be on the I think the hay car stand, and yeah. Formula One Twenty Three was going to be it has been used and is being used for uh, a, a scheme to help work with BBC children in need. How happy are you to see the game? Uh, being used to try and sort of cast a light on the social benefits of gaming. Oh, it's absolutely tremendous, and it, it's something that we've always been interested in in doing with the with the project and with the series. So being able to get involved in something with Formula One with BBC Children in Need as well is a really big thing for us. We've we've 
done things in the past as well. You know, recently we attended uh, an event at Donington Park with special effect, you know, where they mm. were showcasing um, solving kids uh, with cancer and also the special effect charity, which is a gaming charity. So it's something we like to try and do wherever we can, whenever we can get the game out there and, and give people, you know, the benefits of that. And, and again, in the case of the, the charity event that we're doing with the BBC, and, and it was on the Haycar stand where people were setting times. We had Devon Butler in there. We had some of the people who attended yeah. the show. We'd got influencers on there. And it was, you know, it's something that I was really looking forward to. But, you know, the weather said no. Yeah, that was unfortunate. I, guess, I suppose safety first. But, uh, yeah, the, later in the year, there'll be a live uh, BBC TV show and there'll be a couple of uh, lucky Formula One drivers uh, in the game playing the game on the show. So looking forward to seeing that. And we'll touch upon Devon Butler later on, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure, because uh, that was actually quite cool what I saw there. So uh, just diving into the main thing, my my main upside of F123 versus 22 is the uh, improved, in my opinion, car handling and physics and the way the cars ride over curbs and how you can catch a slide a bit more uh, straightforward yet still be a challenge. Could you explain to me uh, the focus and um, and how that came about this year versus last year? Yeah, very much so. So we, we had plenty of feedback to go on, of course, by the community. But then there's also, you know, a lot of us have played this game for many years and we kind of know what we want to achieve with it. We know what feels good, what we think is, is a little bit uh, you know, less appealing. And in the case of the handling, the brief was very much a Formula One car at its best feels invincible. It feels solid. It feels completely planted on the track surface. And then it's things like tyre wear, the fuel load goes down, the track maybe gets wet if there's weather conditions you know we get marbles on the tires you get dirt on the tires all of those things impact that car's perfect handling so if we start from a place of solidity and of of where a player can be comfortable pushing the car driving hard racing hard because that's the important thing is to be able to race wheel to wheel and get that real formula one experience and also because Formula One, the races are often quite long. If you are doing the longer race distances, you need that level of consistency so you can feel when the tyres are starting to go away and then you'll go and pit. You'll get to feel the, the benefit of the fresh tyres. So it's really feeling all of the things that make Formula One races Formula One in a way that's controllable, in the way that's predictable, uh, and in a way that's logical to the player as well. A, a lot of the work we've done was to make the cars react more realistically and that's mm. more relatable to the player as well. So so the brief was build a very stable car, a very raceable, very uh, you know direct car that players would enjoy to drive and then to obviously layer in things like the the tire wear and the weather that impact the performance. Okay, interesting. I, I suppose there and I think you briefly touched upon it but I suppose community feedback was important as well hearing what people had uh you know whether that's a content creator or someone who's purchased the game in terms of their uh, driving experience from last year's game you know did you work with any of those to try and improve it for this year oh very much so probably the the most obvious one that we had a number of uh, channels of feedback on was that traction was very challenging in the game last yeah. year mm. and it was something which anthony davidson said in the past you know was that he found it easier to play 22 with the medium traction control which actually felt more realistic to a real car so that was the, the yeah. sort of the direction that we were taking. We also had that from a lot of the professional sim racers as well, that they found traction very challenging when at their level, really, that shouldn't be such a concern. And of course, understeer as well through the corners, a lot of the, the drivers who play at the higher level without the assists, they would you know, mention to us that the understeer was something which they found quite frustrating. But of course, as soon as you remove understeer, you've got the, the changing balance. You may have oversteer. Right. 
Mm. But because we've been able to build such a stable platform this year, uh, I think we've been able to balance that really nicely. The car's now got that direct turning when you turn into a corner, and you've got the stability from the rear end to be confident to get back on the throttle. So I think it was really finding that balance, as we all know. I mean, Formula One drivers talk a lot about balance, and it's equally as important for the player. So yeah, traction was probably the thing that we had uh, the, the most sort of feedback on in the, over the last few years that we really wanted to to nail. I suppose another authenticity element and an area you might have had feedback on is the red flags. It was very nice to see those and uh, see that, oh, you know, I was just playing the other day in an F1 World Race and one popped up and it, that was uh, a very satisfying feature uh, when it worked out. What was the process behind getting that into this year's game? And I think it was last in F1 2014. So any particular reason why there was, there was quite a big gap between the, the feature appearing in the games? Yes, I mean, essentially, when it was in previously, that was in uh, an older version of the Ego engine. Uh, we transitioned right. in 2015 to a new version of Ego. So that's when it was a feature that would have had to have been rewritten at the time. Mm. So that's why it didn't come over. Over time, we've obviously built upon the safety car, the virtual safety car, the penalty system in the game, because ultimately everything has to be based on the penalty system when it comes to things such as red flags, virtual safety car, safety car. Uh, we wanted to make sure we were in a place that the penalty system was robust and that it would make the right calls and that you wouldn't be getting red flag after red flag after red flag and that you know it, it was meaningful and it actually had a positive impact on the experience because ultimately a lot of red flags wouldn't be a positive experience but the red flags to the sort of degree that we believe we've balanced them actually really enhanced the race experience i always think in that you know that reset of the grid putting everybody back at the start line and, and, and going from a you know a race a grid start again is actually a real race changing event uh, and we wanted, to, wanted it to feel that way and make sure that it wasn't something that caused an irritation. Instead, it was an enhancement to the game experience, which which it absolutely is. I see. Okay, yeah. So I, I do recall now that 2014 was quite a step change. Uh, sorry, 2015, sorry, was quite a step change for the franchise. And then uh, you have to improve things from there to get to this point. And also, I suppose, in the real world in Formula 1, red flags seem to be used more often uh, these days. So it all fits together to try and uh, replicate that. Um, another thing that seems to happen more often in, in the contemporary Formula 1 racing is these limited time liveries or anniversary liveries. We saw the 800th race for Williams Racing uh, recently. Actually, I think technically the 800th race is the Hungara ring, but they also ran it at Silverstone as well. Could be wrong there. Uh, but anyway, that appeared within the game. So I wanted to touch upon... What effort goes on behind the scenes to try and get all these uh, special liveries early and then apply them to the game in a timely fashion? Yes, obviously we're in constant talks with the teams as to what's coming up and, and in most occasions we are aware of something that's coming. Sometimes they're incredibly top secret and people within the teams don't always know. I mean, there's, there's certainly been occasions in the past where a team have applied a new livery to a car and the number of people within the team have been quite limited who've been able to see it because they they are big reveals, they're big moments for the teams. But they are becoming more regular now, as you mentioned. So we like to get, we, we get an early heads up on the vast majority of them. It gives us the opportunity to get the reference. The teams always send us really good reference and then it goes to our team who actually create the liveries for the cars and then of course it's down to us to determine how best we want to deliver them to the players sometimes we'll deliver them as free gifts through the emailing game right. but ultimately as well now we have f1 world in which we can tie them to events and to objectives within f1 world as well so they can be delivered as prizes so for us they're great they're, they're really nice things to be able to give to the players and i think they really do look very well so far the ones this year have been very cool haven't they I do like the 800th race Williams livery. I really like the Gulf one they've just announced. So is yes. having these, uh, you know, is this setting a trend? Should, should we expect to see some other special limited time things appearing in the inbox or through a challenge as the game goes through its life cycle? 
I think if the teams keep creating them, we'll certainly keep wanting them and we'll certainly want to keep delivering them to the players. But ultimately, we're not just constrained by that as well. There's many other things we can deliver to players as constant rewards, as I say, through F1 World or through, through the mail system within game. But yeah, if the teams want to keep creating them, we'll certainly want to keep taking them. I mean, I was a particular favourite of mine recently being the Triple Crown livery that McLaren did. I thought that yeah. was really Nice. Fingers crossed we can uh, see that soon. And also, yeah, like you mentioned, there's other elements, not just liveries. I mean, there was uh, Max Verstappen's uh, one-off helmet. Was for, was it for Miami as well? That recently appeared in the game. So it could be could be a range of things, couldn't it? Um, and personally enjoying that that system. I suppose just thinking off the top of my head here, that's the current day contemporary stuff. Um, I think uh, classic vehicles were last seen in 2020. Would there ever be some sort of return to that? Or are we just fully focused on the present day at the minute? Yeah, I always say never say never to those things. I mean, we, we did them uh, a couple of times in the past and there's always going to be space for, for classic cars in Formula One, maybe in the future. But yeah, never say Ooh. never to those. Oh, yeah, like the sound of that answer. That's good. Okay, so um, let's touch upon F1 World. I mean, you mentioned it there. Uh, I think there was a, a challenge within F1 World, hot lap time trial, where you could get the Red Bull Racing uh, Miami livery. That's not all it's for. It's clearly this really dedicated mode now, which is something very unique. There's some similarities to F1 Mobile Racing. There's some of its own thing. There's a bit of the F1 Life thing from uh, last year as well. So uh, I just want to understand, first of all, sort of the philosophy of F1 World. And is there a particular target market that you're aiming for with this this new edition? Not necessarily a target market. The okay, main sorry. philosophy behind F1 World, I mean, there were obviously... Um, you know, areas of our player base that we think it will appeal to, but in different ways. Mm. And right. this is the interesting thing about F1 World is that for the more casual player, there's very short, snappy experiences. And then for mm. players who want the longer-term gameplay elements, you can also get them in there. But the main concept behind F1 World for us was to take all of the other game modes outside of story, my team and driver career, which all generally have sort of a natural conclusion, and to have an area where we can keep providing the players with new gameplay experiences, new challenges, new content right. over the course of an entire season and then beyond into the following year. And that's what we can do with World. As we've just spoken about with things like the liveries and the helmets, we can apply them to challenges. We're going to be looking at doing more with F1 World in the future as well, potentially doing some things with some of the drivers mm. and, and really trying to expand it out. It's it's really in its absolute infancy at the moment. You know, we're still right. going to continue to expand upon it with with new gameplay as well. You saw that we uh, we added elimination mode last year. So F1 World is the prime example of an area where we can look to add new types of gameplay as well, because right. they're then part of the reward system of F1 World. They're improving your tech level of your F1 World car. They're not just disparate pieces of gameplay. They're part of a much bigger experience. So is it fair to say then, based on that response, that it, this is a longer term play? There's a vision for F1 World. It's not necessarily just a one-off. You're going to continue evolving it and we might see it in future iterations of the game as well, right? That's, that's very much the plan. I mean, when, when we do anything, we always plan with the long term in mind. Uh, that, you know, we don't just look at uh, putting that huge amount of work in and then pulling it the following year. And it's part of the the scope of the game. You know, we've got the the, the full authenticism of a, of a driver career. We've got the ability to run your own team in my team. We've got something for people who like maybe the drive to survive more drama style element through through breaking points. And then we've got everything else. You know, that encompasses fantastic multiplayer. It's got the divisional multiplayer in there yeah. now. It's also got time trial. It's got Grand Prix. And then we've got all the challenges and new game modes that we're bringing into to F1 World. So again, it, we, we cater to... A, a varied player type these days, but then F1's also catering to a much wider and more varied audience than it, than it ever has. 
I see. Interesting. So we we could see F1 World evolving with time in it for the long haul. So it'll be interesting to see how how that plays out. Any tips for incre- increasing my tech score? Uh, do you know what? I, I play the game more. <laughs> obviously, the more you play, the more you gain. But I mean, yeah. it's just there's plenty of uh, obviously new events coming on a regular basis. So if you've exhausted mm. what you were doing, fire it up the following day, and you'll have a refresh of new things to get yeah. to go and play. There's always something fresh. I see. So it's F1 World is like this living, breathing thing, as opposed to a career where okay, you might have some balance tweaks and things throughout the game's life through patches. But F1 Worlds are much more. Uh, reactive or proactive game mode that you, you've got to keep checking back I understand it's yeah it's it's absolutely ideal for us to stay more relevant and connected to the season right what's going on in the season so things like drivers with a fresh new helmet we can deliver that through great gameplay and world the same with car skins and, and things like that it allows us to create challenges and events that tie to what's going on in the real world and that's that's always been a goal of ours i see uh, i want to touch upon f1 world this interesting new thing that a lot of players will have to get used to and we'll see how it evolves with the time. Certainly Driver Career and my team are a staple of the F1 game since, in my mind, my team in 2020, F1 2020, was a, was a huge step forward and it's been refined ever since. This year, there are some tweaks, but they are quite subtle. So was it a case of focusing on uh, F1 World more this year and then maybe next year there might be some more my team changes or or rather, you know, is my team and driver career still an important part of the F1 game pillar? Oh, they're huge. Yeah, they're, they're both driver career and, and my team are two of the, the most engaged with game modes. They're not going anywhere. Uh, you know, okay, that's good. To evolve. And, and obviously we're trying to cater to, say, to... to a broad audience with F1. The last thing we want to do is is alienate people who love those game modes because they are played by a lot of people and they're really popular, uh, as you can imagine. But I say F1 yeah. world, the, the whole concept, as I said, was, you know, let's say, for example, I play my driver career through and I become Formula One world champion and maybe I, I decide to go and play something else. Well, now I can go and enjoy F1 world and I can go and play more Formula mm. One, get more reward and more engagement. And that's, that's what we really want to do is give players choice and give players more reason to want to play Formula One, and that's that's exactly what World gives, while still keeping the the authenticity of driver career and the sort of the versatility and the the, you know, the development side of, of my team. Mm. Okay, that's good. I'm very happy to hear that they are not going anywhere and they will become, continue to be an important part. That's uh, very important for the future of the series, in my opinion. Thank you very much. And uh, also, I think as well, important to point there, when I've heard you talking, it makes you realise that for a yearly sports release, um, there, it's been built upon year and year, but right now, if you were new to it, there's so much to touch upon with the online and the F1 world and the career and the breaking point. It's actually quite impressive how much content there is in there. Uh, and speaking of content, Las Vegas, Qatar, the latest Catalonia layouts. So they're all there from launch. A Singapore's coming post-release. Um, let's take Las Vegas, for example. How much access were you granted to try and make this track before, you know, months before it's actually happened in the real world? Yeah, as you can imagine, the the initial um, look for Vegas was as soon as the track layout was dropped. You know, there was there was a early shots of what the track was going to look like. As soon as that was revealed, we get the the CAD data for what they're planning to build, and we can start going from there. So at that point, we did have a photographer go out there, and he started taking reference shots. But of course, the actual curbs and things like that—they're not laid yet. They're still building the 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 pat the the pit boxes and the um 
the the, you know, the F1 hospitality areas, you know, as we speak now. So we've built all of that through CAD data. We've obviously got great reference for the streets themselves that they're going to be racing on, but of course they've been resurfaced as well. So it's it's very much like we've done with a number of circuits where we've had to build them from plan as opposed to right. actually exist because they don't exist yet in real life. So obviously Vegas, there's only so much manipulation they can do to the streets. They 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 where they are, but uh, you know in terms of grandstand placement, where the start line will be, those sorts of things all come through from the the data that we get sent. So so we build very much to that as accurately as possible. It's uh, one of the most, in my opinion, visually spectacular tracks uh, you've ever made for a Formula One game, especially in terms of uh, the buildings and the lighting at night with all the neon signs. Um, must have been quite a thrill to then when it was finally time to announce that it was coming in the game at launch really ahead of time you know wow here it is and it is quite a spectacular looking track oh it's incredible it's i think you mentioned the lighting as well so there's actually a you know unique lighting work that we had to do for vegas because there's so many illuminated screens ah, okay right and, and of course you know if you're playing on a, a high-end pc you'll see things like okay. the reflections look more realistic and the, the way the colors are cast correctly across things you know that looks absolutely phenomenal so. yeah it's a it's a step up and it just shows that um i know obviously ego engines evolved over time but that track can be like oh when something's made from the ground up with it it can look still rather spectacular even on the latest consoles and pc hardware yeah um and it's testament to that um Rewind to look at some of the older tracks. Would you know? Could we ever see a, a time where things like Spa or Hung Hungaroring are sort of updated to to match the times? I think, as you've seen with some of the circuits that have changed this year, you know, we do go through and we refresh circuits on a regular basis. A lot of it comes down to the sheer scale of what else is going on as well. Obviously, right, Vegas okay. and Qatar take uh, took a huge amount of resource. Vegas, in particular, but we wanted to make sure that we did things like the the changes to Catalonia, for example, make sure they were in mm. uh, when the game released because that was a significant change to the final corner at Catalonia. So yeah, we, we always get like to go through and refresh circuits as and when uh, as when we can. So that'll be a continuation. That goes on. Right, yeah. I suppose it depends. There's only so much you can do in a year and you have to prioritize. I suppose that's the upshot there. But looking forward to seeing revised Singapore uh, when it will arrive. <laughs> uh, should be good. Um, okay, so also I was going to touch upon, you mentioned it right at the start of our conversation, getting some feedback from some esports drivers about handling, for example. Uh, how important is uh, F1 esports to showcase the game? Are you looking forward to a, a new season of that later in the year, I suppose? I'm actually really excited this year. I think the handling model will lend itself to some fantastic close racing. I think in particular, the changes that we've made to the tyre model this year will really mm. mix up the strategies because I think last year we had a very uh, stable, yes. uh, sort of predictable sort of strategy that most of the teams ran with. This year, I think that's going to be significantly different. So I think we are going to be seeing some exciting racing. And I think, as I say, the, the handling model will lend itself to fantastic close racing. And, and all of us, we enjoy watching those guys race as it is, even when they're not racing in the official esports. You know, they're always competing in F1, yeah. in other championships. And, and it's something that we enjoy watching. And they, they're super competitive all year round. They, they never stop. So, uh, yeah, we're very excited for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous of their motivation levels because uh, they're constantly, uh, if it's not testing, it's uh, competing in something like PSGL. Yeah. Um, it's a big topic on in my world of sim racing at the minute, which is a discussion of alleged potential uh, cheating. Does the F1 game have anti-cheat measures? Is that something you're constantly looking at or trying to improve upon? So anti-cheat has been a, a huge topic of discussion for a number of well, I'd say probably for the last 12 months in particular, we've always yeah. been mm. aware of a degree of cheating and we've, we've certainly done a number of things to stomp it out. 
Uh, it's been particular with regards to what we do with the time trial leaderboards and things like that. But there are certain things that are going to require a much longer term plan. And that's something right. that we're still very much in the middle of. We've, we've started the process. We're going through a lot of investigation and discussion as to how we can literally put in a, a fully fledged anti-cheat. It's still something that we're working very, very heavily on at the moment um, as a timeline not something we can really commit to right now it's obviously as soon as you start down that path it's it suddenly becomes more and more complex but uh we it's something we, we definitely want to get in place uh as soon as we possibly can yeah i suppose it's like a a, a treadmill where i almost think you know as soon as a developer might do something someone so there's someone doing something to try and work their way around it so it's all you always got to be on it but i'm happy to hear that there's uh, going to be this long-term plan and I, I hope we hope to see the results of that in the future. The most important thing for us is, firstly, that it actually works. It, yep. You know, it prevents cheating, but also that it's not intrusive and it doesn't have a negative impact on the rest of the players. So that's it's very important that we make sure that we balance that out. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's a, a big topic. Yeah, it is a tricky balance, but uh, best of luck with with the plans. And I suppose um, our time together is coming to an end. But I wanted to finish on breaking point two because I really enjoyed it. Uh, I felt like it was a, a more detailed and twisting plot than the first one. I don't want to do any spoilers, even though the game's been out for a while. But I thought it was um, there were some brave plot points later on, which I thought was a big step forward for the series. Was it enjoyable to work with these characters again? Oh, definitely. I think the not only the team, obviously here in the studio, but the writers have sort of now got into that world and they've got into that mindset. So they, they knew how to write Devon and they certainly knew how to to write uh, David off as well. You know, you could sort of get yeah. those, those family connections. Um, and the return of obviously Casper, you know, the characters that we've we've grown to to really enjoy and enjoy in the series. And I think, you know, we we felt like we've built that world now. We've built those characters mm. and they, they obviously... Um, slipped really easily into that into that second breaking point chapter which i think is is really really cool so yeah it was, it was very good and we enjoyed working obviously with jamie as well being able to get that yeah. insight into into how to bring a, a female driver into the sport so effectively and realistically you know that was that was most important yeah i think uh Callie Mayer's uh, character is portrayed very well and she's extremely determined like a jamie chadwick i suppose and uh you know Seeing how that whole family dynamic works out, again, don't want to spoil too much, is is fascinating. But also you've got the um, more contextual social media messages and things like this and uh, the post-race interviews, which uh, certainly affect your scores and levels. I thought that was uh, much more engaging. Um, when I, I'll just tell you a little story now, if you indulge me for a second. When I was at Goodwood, and I don't want to rub it in again, sorry. Um, and there, there was the uh, actor who plays Devin Butler, in the real world, he was there with uh, a Connor Spot t-shirt on and a couple of kids saw him and were like, oh my God, it's Devon Butler. And he ran up and he took pictures with him. That that must be really cool to hear about because it's uh, that that character has entered the consciousness of a whole new generation of racing game players. Yeah, he's obviously, he's always been one of the most interesting characters from, from the start. And we really did a good job of making somebody who people love to hate but now that he's kind of he's, he's gone full circle and people are generally starting to love him. And I think we did a great piece with him, obviously, in Breaking Point 2, where you see he's changing his journey and, and some of the things that have happened to him and, and why he's the way he he was. Um, but yeah, it is super cool that people identify him as well in that way. And yeah, wearing the wearing the Connor Sports shirt. I think that was the only one at the time. I, I don't think ah. there were any more. I think I believe we only had one made for the... For, wow. Yeah. So he needs to look after that one. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we are much appreciated as ever. 
Congratulations on the F123 launch. Looking forward to see how the franchise develops. I got one final question. Uh, the Breaking Point story can't end there, right? Uh, well, like I said, Breaking Point Part One, Breaking Point Part Two. Yeah, they they were they were open ended. One was open ended. Two's open ended. There's there's room for for more if we uh, if we see fit. Okay, wonderful. Well, Lee Mather, thank you very much for your time. Cool, thank you. Well, thank you very much for you for watching or listening, whichever platform you're on. And thank you also to Lee and Electronics Arts for his and their time. Very much appreciated. I hope you got some uh, extra background there into the development challenges of the F123 game. So obviously we, we love the new handling and some of the great new features, but also interesting answers there, I thought, for the uh, importance of racing esports and their plans for an anti-cheat program and how F1 World is here for the long haul. It's in the nascent stages now. Let's see and track how that evolves over time. Again, if you're on YouTube or the website, let me know in the comments below what you thought or if you've got any further questions about the F1 game or who you'd like to see on future episodes of the podcast for another grilling. Uh, also, like I say, Apple and Spotify users, please leave us a review. It really helps out the show and pushes out to more people, but and allows us to create more episodes in the future. For now, be sure to check the Traction website for more information. We've got a full guide to F1 World, if you're a bit confused like I was at the start, uh, in the website, but also on the YouTube channel. So please do check that out as well. And for now, we'll be back with another episode very soon. Keep it pinned.